The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. Everything we see, hear, touch, and feel involves what's sometimes described as a kind of controlled hallucination, one in which predictions play a role in creating experience. This is usually a good thing. It allows the brain to use what it knows to make a better guess about what's going on out there in the world. Our brain's predictions make up for incomplete and ambiguous sensory information. But they also make experience hostage to our hidden predictions too. Hey, welcome back to the Next Big Idea Daily. I'm Michael Kavnat. It's Wednesday, and today's question is, what is your brain for? Is it for thinking, feeling, solving Wordle? These are important functions of our brains, no doubt, but they may not be the purposes for which your brain or any brain evolved. According to some recent analysis, animal brains may have evolved primarily as organs for prediction. This theory is explored in the new book, The Experience Machine, How Our Minds Predict and Shape Reality by Andy Clark. Andy is a professor of cognitive philosophy at the University of Sussex and at Macquarie University, Australia. He's a fellow of the Royal Society of Edinburgh and the British Academy and is an occasional academic consultant for Google UK. Here he is to share some of his big ideas. I'm Andy Clark. I'm a professor of cognitive philosophy working on the borderlines between philosophy, neuroscience, and artificial intelligence. I'm here to share some ideas and insights from my new book, The Experience Machine. Imagine a world in which the weather forecast played a role, sometimes larger, sometimes smaller, in actually causing and bringing about the weather. We don't live in that strange world. But if predictive processing accounts are correct, that's the way human experience works. What we seem to sense and experience partially reflects the web of predictions, the perceptual weather forecast, if you like, that the brain has learnt from past encounters with the world. The stronger those predictions, the more they pull experience in the directions they suggest. And in the most extreme cases, strong predictions actually cause the experiences they forecast. This means that perception is never a pure window onto the world. Instead, our experiences are always and everywhere shaped and altered by our own, often hidden and unconscious, predictions and expectations. Think about hearing a familiar song playing softly on the radio while you're in the shower. The familiar song will sound a lot clearer and crisper than an unfamiliar one. This is an example of the predictive brain in action. It's using what it already knows about how that song, as sung by that singer, is likely to sound, to fill in the gaps. It's using prior knowledge to add in, in a sense to hallucinate, lots of confidently forecast sonic information, and also to dampen down interfering sound information from the shower. Dramatically expressed, this suggests that everything we see, hear, touch and feel involves what's sometimes described as a kind of controlled hallucination, one in which predictions play a role in creating experience. 
This is usually a good thing. It allows the brain to use what it knows to make a better guess about what's going on out there in the world. Our brain's predictions make up for incomplete and ambiguous sensory information. But they also make experience hostage to our hidden predictions too. Predictive brains use what they know to shape experience. But when those predictions are too strong, we can seem to see, hear and feel things that aren't actually there just because the brain very strongly expects them. There were hints of this in the shower example. But now consider something a little more striking, the experience of phantom phone vibrations. Quite often, especially if I'm stressed or expecting an important call, I seem to feel my cell phone vibrating in my pocket. But it's not actually ringing. Indeed, it may not be in my pocket at all. These phantom phone vibrations are a common experience and a clear case in which the hidden expectations of chronic long-term cell phone users can sometimes carve the experience of feeling those vibrations from whole cloth. This is like the shower example, but with the dial-on prediction turned up extra high. A famous series of lab experiments confirms this effect. In the experiments, which date back to the 1960s but have been repeated many times since, participants were played a sound file and told to push a button if they detected the faint start of Bing Crosby singing the song White Christmas. This was a trick, as the sound files were simply white noise, with no hints of Bing's voice. Nonetheless, over 40% of participants thought that they heard the start of the song. According to predictive processing, phantom phone vibrations and the white Christmas effect are simply dramatic examples of the way that we always perceive the world. Everything we seem to hear, see, feel and experience reflects whatever web of conscious and non-conscious predictions the brain happens to be applying. And the stronger and more confident those predictions, the more they pull experience in the direction they suggest sometimes conjuring experience from expectation alone. The predictive brain looks inwards as well as outwards, and it's constantly trying to predict the stream of sensations coming from within the body. Our experiences of pain, for example, reflect a combination of the pain we, our brains, expect, and the actual signals coming from the body. A striking example is the case of a New York City construction worker who fell from some scaffolding onto a large nail piercing his right foot. He experienced terrible pain and was given fentanyl before the doctors carefully removed the nail. They soon realised, however, that the nail had not penetrated the foot at all. It had passed safely between the first and the second toe within the work boot. The pain was real and excruciating. But just like those phantom phone vibrations, it was rooted solely in the construction worker's own strong predictions. Again, a dramatic case. But the deeper point is that ordinary pain experiences are likewise constructed from complex mixtures of prediction and sensory information. When the dentist tells you that you'll just feel a tickle, they are invoking that same mechanism, using it to dampen experienced pain. The same broad picture may explain many cases of what are sometimes called medically unexplained symptoms. Cases of chronic pain, disability, and even blindness and paralysis, 
where no standard or sufficient bodily cause seems to be present. Many such cases have been shown to involve misfiring, non-conscious prediction machinery. Importantly, predictive processing work helps us see that all human experience, even when standard medical causes operate, is built by the brain in this same broad way. All this has implications for human happiness and well-being. Recognising the ways expectations shape experience, we can engage in practices that aim to train and activate the hidden prediction machinery in ways that will help us feel better and achieve more. For example, I often get a tingly feeling in my fingers before public talks and appearances. I found it very helpful to reframe that feeling not as a sign of anxiety and potential failure, but instead as a sign of chemical readiness to deliver a good performance. Placebo pills and procedures fall similarly into place. During the Second World War, when supplies of morphine were often short, it was discovered that administering a shot of saline solution instead often brought about significant relief. The soldiers' strong expectations of relief acted like self-fulfilling prophecies, causing genuine pain relief to occur. Interestingly, so-called honest placebos, where the patient is actually told that the drug is an inert placebo, can also work. This is good evidence that many of the predictions that shape our experience are unconscious ones. They can be automatically activated by the various details of packaging and presentation, even if you, the patient, are fully aware that you're being given a placebo. Another hack involves what's known as pain reprocessing theory. Here, sufferers from chronic pain are taught about the power of the predictive brain. They're then slowly trained to reframe their own pain experiences in more helpful ways, altering the hidden predictions that are shaping their experience. For example, it's easy to think that the experience of pain always means that continuing some current activity will cause bodily damage. Reframing the pain as a kind of faulty warning signal caused by misfiring prediction circuitry can help people see past that and start to do more. This positive experience then feeds back, improving self-expectations and further diminishing levels of experienced pain. Notice, however, that there are some clear limits to the wiggle room provided by these various attempts to hack our own predictive brains. There's no way that altering what we predict will heal a fracture, cure cancer, or kill a virus. Thank you, Andy. Okay, everyone, I hope you agreed that those count as big ideas. And if you like big ideas, and who doesn't, make sure you have the Next Big Idea app installed on your phone. It's full of big ideas from big thinkers delivered to you from the authors themselves. It'll make you smarter, faster. Just search for the Next Big Idea in your app store. And come on back tomorrow when we'll hear some big ideas from Rajiv Shah, author of Big Bets, How Large-Scale Change Really Happens. I'm Michael Kavnat. Thanks for listening.